DW Africa Link It's been a week since Hamas militants attacked Israel. The attacks since then have killed more than 1300 civilians and soldiers according to Israel. Gaza officials say over 1500 Palestinians have been killed and more than 6600 wounded in Israeli retaliatory attacks this week. Hello and welcome to this special edition of Story of the Week that will focus on Israel-Hamas conflict that has also divided opinion in Africa. I'm Isaac Mugabe. In this special edition, we'll be hearing reactions from Africans about the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Why have African leaders remained silent in condemning Hamas attacks on Israel? And what could be the solution to the Israel-Hamas conflict? All that coming up, so don't go away, but first, the world news in brief. DW News. Good day. I'm Sertan Sanderson with the news on Africa Link. The Israeli military has dropped leaflets above Gaza City, warning residents to flee, quote, immediately to the south of the enclave. The IDF is widely expected to launch a ground offensive to attack Hamas. The UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees, UNRWA, says that the humanitarian situation in Gaza is turning into, quote, a hellhole. DW's Kyle McKinnon has this report. UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, is providing shelter in spaces like this. It's tight and getting tighter. Umhani Al-Gula and her family will have to get by in a six-meter-wide room as they wait for an end to what could become a drawn-out siege and war. This is not a solution. The children need milk and diapers. UNRWA can't offer us anything. I have high blood pressure and diabetes, and I can't get medication. Hundreds of thousands have fled like Umahani Algula's family, most but not all before their homes and neighborhoods were reduced to rubble. At least 1,300 Israeli civilians and soldiers were killed in brutal Hamas terror attacks last weekend. However, it is the population of over a million people in the north of Gaza that appears to be having to pay the price. Here's DW's Philip Kunchner with more. Hamas fighters can retreat to an extensive network of tunnels, but there's nowhere to go for the civilian population. The humanitarian situation here is becoming more desperate, as Israel blocks food, water and power supplies. Fuel for generators is also running low, and in the darkness, repeated missile strikes. Meanwhile, in Lebanon, Hezbollah's deputy leader said that the terror group was, quote, fully prepared to join Hamas in a war against Israel as fears of the conflict spilling over are on the rise. In France, a teacher has been killed and two more people seriously wounded in a knife attack at a school in the northeastern town of Arras. Interior Minister Gérald Darmanin said that the perpetrator had been arrested, adding that France's National Anti-Terror Prosecution Office had opened an investigation. The attacker was reported to come from Russia's southern Caucasus region of Chechnya, police sources said. The attack comes almost three years after the beheading of a teacher in broad daylight near his school in Paris by a radicalized Chechen refugee. You're listening to the news on Africa Link, brought to you by DW. Malawi is expecting to be hit by an unprecedented heat wave. DW's Chimwembe Padata reports. 
Malawi has many thorns in the Shire Valley and Leshore districts braced for the extreme weather conditions to last until weekend. The projected maximum temperature for Shire Valley is at 44 degrees Celsius and 39 to 40 degrees Celsius in Leshore districts. Yobugajwanda is Malawi's chief meteorologist. Temperatures of 44 degrees Celsius are still in the lower Shire Valley, about 37 degrees Celsius along the metro areas and 34 in other parts of the country. The citizenry is now being encouraged to stay hydrated throughout the day. And that brings you up to date. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Sir Tan Sanderson. Africa Link, every weekday here on DW. Welcome once again to this special edition of Store of the Week. I'm Isaac Mugabe and the producer of this show is none other than Eddie Micah Jr. Now, while the Western world has said that Israel has a right to defend itself against any terror attacks, African leaders are calling for a ceasefire, dialogue, and the protection of innocent civilians caught between Hamas terrorists and Israeli defense forces. The African Union has called for the immediate cessation of hostilities. In a statement, the chairperson of the African Union, Musa Faki Mahmoud, said, The chairperson wishes to recall that denial of the fundamental rights of the Palestinian people particularly that of an independent and sovereign state, is the main cause of the permanent Israeli-Palestinian tension. The chairperson urgently appeals to both parties to put an end to military hostilities and to return without conditions to the negotiating table to implement the principle of two states living side by side, to safeguard the interests of the Palestinian people and the Israeli people. The chairperson further calls on the international community and the major world powers in particular to assume their responsibilities to impose peace and guarantee the rights of the two peoples. That was a statement by the chairperson of the African Union, voiced by Eddie Micah Jr. Reactions from Africa contrast depending on a given country's ties with Israel. However, Many African leaders have not spoken out openly on the ongoing conflict. Those who have condemned Hamas terror attacks, while others reiterated calls for a two-state solution. Kenyan President William Ruto issued a strongly worded statement to condemn the Hamas attacks on Israel. Kenya joins the rest of the world in solidarity with the State of Israel and unequivocally condemns terrorism and attacks on innocent civilians in the country. The people of Kenya and their government hereby express deepest sympathy and send condolences to the families of all victims. We also wish a speedy recovery to the injured. Kenya strongly maintains that there exists no justification whatsoever for terrorism, which constitutes a serious threat to international peace and security. All acts of terrorism and violent extremism are abhorrent, criminal and unjustifiable regardless of the perpetrator or their motivations. The international community must mobilize to bring the perpetrators, organizers, financiers, sponsors, supporters, and enablers of these reprehensible criminal acts of terrorism to account and speedily bring them to justice. That was a statement by Kenyan President William Ruto, also voiced by Eddie Micah Jr. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, in a show of support, was in Tel Aviv on Thursday this week and had this to say. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. We will always be there by your side. Israel has the right 
indeed the obligation to defend itself and to ensure that this never happens again. How Israel does this matters. That's why it's so important to take every possible precaution to avoid harming civilians. And that's why we mourn the loss of every innocent life, civilians of every faith, every nationality who've been killed. Well, in a moment, we'll break down those statements with an analyst and bring on reactions from Africa. But first, let's listen in to this report on how one family is dealing with the situation in Gaza. They are 13 in all, Umhani Al-Gula and her immediate family. They've found a degree of safety at a UN-run school not far from the Egyptian border. On the first day of the war, we saw missiles flying over our heads. Our neighborhood is dangerous. It's on the eastern side. We were afraid to stay home. God knows how we got out. But we escaped. Our circumstances are difficult. This is not a solution. The children need milk and diapers. UNRWA can't offer us anything. This is our fourth day at the school. I have high blood pressure and diabetes, and I can't get medication. Hundreds of thousands have fled like Umahani Al-Gula's family, most but not all before their homes and neighborhoods were reduced to rubble. Israel is retaliating for the cross-border terrorist attacks and hostage-taking by Hamas. The Israeli Defense Forces say they are focused on Hamas-related targets. UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency, is providing shelter in spaces like this. It's tight and getting tighter. But for Umhani Al-Gula's family, it seems safer than their home. There are large numbers of Palestinians in UNRWA schools. We provide them with health care, food. We provide clean water and also psychological support. But the numbers are growing hugely. UNRWA's capacity is for 150,000 displaced Palestinians. And beyond that, it is a big problem, a financial problem, a problem with absorbing all of these people. There is also the problem of the people needed to help them. Beyond the limited space in the UN displacement centres, each of them is impacted by Israel's complete siege of the Gaza Strip. It's cut off food, water, medicines, and electricity. We were living in a safe place. The war broke out, the strikes began without warning, and we were forced to leave. We walked about seven kilometres until we arrived here, hoping to find a safe place. It's not like that here. And this is not suitable for living. There is no water, no food. The sewerage system is broken. It's not suitable for living. Umhani Al-Gula and her family will have to get by in a six-metre-wide room as they wait for an end to what could become a drawn-out siege and war. A report on the plight of survivors and the situation in Gaza. And before our analyst steps up to the plate to dissect all those statements and much more, let's first hear reactions from some Africans in Nairobi, Kenya and Accra, Ghana, on what they think about the Israel-Hamas conflict. The ongoing conflict uh, that is happening right now between uh, Israel and Palestine is really saddening, uh, especially when you come to think of uh, all the civilian lives that have been lost for no reason. There's no justification to whoever did what or what. Uh, just uh, the fact that uh, civilian lives were lost, it just gives you a perception of uh, that these two countries just, they don't care about uh, pe the people, they just care about their views or beliefs 
or or just what 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 happened a long time ago but in general they don't care about about the people themselves i think what is going on between israel and uh, palestine is sad at this point in time because mostly those who are affected more are the civilians who are not actually involved and they don't know what is happening around them uh, the fear that could be maybe is that uh, from what uh, the, the israel's prime minister benjamin Netanyahu is saying it means that uh, from the look of his speech, it could be that it's just the beginning of a serious major conflict. Israel and Palestine conflict is a deeply rooted and complex issue with historical, religious, political and so on. Views on the conflict can be highly polarized. I think uh, solutions to this conflict two-state solution is one of them israel have its own independent state and palestine also have its own independent state so that all of them can have their separate states kenyans and Ghanaians reacting to the situation in gaza across africa the current battles raging in Israeli and Palestinian territory are seen as a continuation of the wider Israel-Palestinian conflict rather than an isolated fight between the state of Israel and the militant Islamist Hamas group, which Israel, the European Union, the US and the UK all designate as a terror organization. But why are African leaders silent about Israel-Palestinian conflict? I asked Fidel Amachi also a security and geopolitical advisor for Riley Risk Incorporation. Firstly, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or tensions um, has been um, an albatross around the neck of the international community and not only Africa. It is a delicate situation and whenever um, there is an escalation, many countries are more meticulous or careful with their responses because then uh, you would have to balance uh, the Palestinians living under the more powerful authority of the Israeli military and government as against the Israelis um, having to live in a secure environment um, devoid of occasional rockets uh, firing in settlements and other places, other cities like Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. So you... There's always this kind of fine balancing act that countries adopt. And in this particular issue, African countries are found in this same situation where they would have to condemn atrocities as committed by Hamas, but at the same time, taking cognizance of the fact that the Palestinian people also deserve to have a state devoid of domination from Israel. So this makes any reaction to the crisis a very delicate one. You mentioned there that the Palestinians also deserve a state. And in fact, the African Union released a statement saying the root cause is Israel's occupation of Palestinian land and called for a two-state solution. What do you make of that statement released by the chairperson of the AU Commission, Musa Faki Mahama? That is not surprising. Um, looking at the fact that Africa has always opposed one political entity dominating the other. And this two-state solution is what the various negotiations um, towards finding a peaceful solution to the Israel-Palestine crisis 
has adopted. That is the two-state solution that an, a, a Jewish state or Israeli state against a, 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 a Palestinian state living side by side as neighbors, like the way you find Ghana and Togo living side by side, like you find South Africa and Swaziland, Lesotho and South Africa, um, Namibia and Botswana, sharing border, respecting each other's territorial integrity and sharing ideas and perhaps even um, trading among themselves in a peaceful environment. And that is what African Union stands for. And so this particular communication from African Union is not unexpected at all. Just that in this particular attacks, it is so unprecedented since um, the, the, the establishment of Israel as a legal rational state. In 1948, it's been un un unprecedented because Israel has led as a security state. It has always protected its borders, created one of the most fortified fences in the world. And yet it was breached on, on Saturday and militants entered and unleashed an unprecedented brutality in a large scale and scope on the people of Israel. And so this is what makes um, this particular situation unique. And as I've said, the communication from AU is what is expected from them, the two-state solution, and looking at the root causes of this particular problem. Now, on the contrary, let's get the specifics now. Some African leaders like Kenya's William Ruto, who's becoming, you know, a big ally of the West, released a strongly worded statement on X, which is former Twitter, condemning Palestine and actually calling for tough penalties for the perpetrators of those who carried out the attacks on Israel. Mm. What do you make of that? Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you read the statement on, on yeah. X. Of course, of course. Um, one thing is that the fact that AU issues a statement talking about the finding solutions to the root causes of what is happening does not mean that AU condone the kind of terror attack and the kind of brutality that um, Hamas unleashed on the people of Israel. Anybody will call for justice or, or perpetrators to be held accountable. Nobody uh, the world over would openly come out to say that whatever Hamas did uh, should be should be left to to, to 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 be left like that or should be should be uh, condoned. So that is in order. However, um, when you come to Sub-Saharan Africa, among the populations, you will find a clear dichotomy when it comes to reactions to the Israeli-Palestinian problem, and mostly you find our Muslim brothers often supporting Palestinian the Palestinian cause. Um, unflinchingly, and sometimes they will not even make any uh, balanced argument. Sometimes, some do, others do not. And so, on the other side, you have Christians who believe in the Judeo-Christian connection and would always support the Israeli side. And sometimes, in this particular group, you find some taking very entrenched position that whatever be the case, Israel should be the champion and Israel should be or uh, should not be questioned and all that. You find that. Now, those extreme positions on both sides is what the world does not need. But to the center, you find still that dichotomy where uh, there is a, a difference between Muslims and then Christians uh, relative to how they try to respond to this particular crisis. Now, President Ruto, we all know him to be a very immersed Christian. And in fact, despite the fact that he leads a country, we should not overlook the fact that the, uh, the faith of leaders always uh, plays a role in the way they think. And, and, and therefore, this coming from him, we shouldn't only look at his 
uh, Western leanings or his shift towards the West in recent times. But we should also look at it as a man who is a Christian and perhaps may have some um, soft spot for the Israeli side of this conflict. However, the content of all, the substance of his statement still stands for everybody or every human around the world that people who committed this atrocity should be held accountable. Well, the U.S. Secretary of State was in Tel Aviv to show American support for Israel in the wake of the attacks Hamas carried out on Saturday. And uh, I'm talking about uh, Anthony Blinken. Quote, unquote, he said, the message I bring with me is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourselves, but as long as America exists, you never have to do. That's a strong message by all standards. What do you make of that message that Anthony Blinken said in Tel Aviv alongside the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu? First of all, every international observer or observer of international politics and global um, geopolitics will know that Israel happens to be one of the most important allies of the United States. In fact, the creation of Israel years back, since then, uh, U.S. has supported Israel unflinchingly. However, U.S. has not been on Israel's side all the time in terms of um, supporting it without questions. Some support has come with questions. For instance, uh, when President Obama was in office, he actually pushed for the two-state solution. It did not really uh, make Benjamin Netanyahu, who was still the prime minister at the time, happy. But President Obama kept on pushing. At one point, Netanyahu went to the White House and was trying to lecture uh, President Obama on the history of Israel, which was at the time unnecessary because um, as U.S. president, he, he has enough briefing or he had enough briefing. However, uh, he kept pushing the two-state solution, but it, it didn't end anywhere. Uh, it still kept it, um, I mean, hanging. Now, I listened to the press conference between um, Secretary Blinken and the Israeli prime minister. And what I saw is that whereas U.S. was giving an unflinching support, which is expected, it also said that Israel should know that it is held by different standards or people hold Israel by different standards. And so in responding to the crisis, it must take cognizance of the fact that civilians are involved and therefore should be measured. And that is what I picked, that despite the uh, rhetoric or the kind of support that the U.S. would give verbally, and the Secretary of State landing in the airport uh, uh, would go out there and give, he is also cautioning Israel to be measured in its response. Because so far, over 1,000 Palestinians have also died. So if it is about tit for tat, then where is the world heading towards? So that particular caveat or, or caution is also something that we should take cognizance of. We should not look only uh, the kind of uh, support that is already expected, that the U.S. will not go to Israel and say, we don't support you. They will do, and they will support materially. Hmm. Already, a career strike group has moved to the Eastern Mediterranean, waiting for other um, actors who may be against Israel to perhaps, if, if they should intervene, U.S. will likely fight on the side of Israel. That is sometimes symbolic and can eventually become substantive. However, the warning or the, the caution that Israel is measured by different standards from Hamas is something I take seriously. Okay, now away from the U.S. expected support to Israel, let's talk about uh, the support that Africa could give Israel. South Africa said it's ready to help mediate in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, drawing on its experience at conflict resolution. That's at least according to President Sir Ramaphosa. He said that on Thursday. 
do you think South Africa has the clout to mediate between Israel and Palestine, where so many, so many mediators have failed? Yeah, yeah, thank you. South Africa has the experience. It has the wit. South Africa is one of the biggest economies on the continent. It is an integral member of the BRICS, an association of states that is becoming more influential in the global uh, discourse. But even before we come to that, why should Africa be concerned about what is happening in Palestine? And I'll take you to 1973, during Yom Kippur, the war on which 50th anniversary um, this attack happened. And you will realize that when the Yom Kippur happened, Africa was badly affected. How? It was the first time oil was used as a geopolitical tool, where after the war and the Arab states were defeated, um, Saudi Arabia led an embargo, and OPEC led an embargo on Western states by cutting down uh, the production of oil. What happened is that that affected Africa. It, it led to the skyrocketing prices of global oil prices, and that affected many African economies. So, you know, in Africa, we have states subsidizing heavily their uh, oil or petroleum products. And so budgets were not balancing. Countries were affected. It led to riot. It led to overthrow of governments. It led to a lot of hardship for African states. Over the time, whenever tensions rise after that particular war in 1973, whenever tensions rise in Palestine or in the Middle East, it affects oil prices and eventually affects the economies of Africa. Post-COVID and post-Ukraine, African countries do not want further increase in oil prices because it's then lead to inflation and food cost of food because uh, i mean transportation of food the uh, africa imports a lot of food and even within uh, road transportation and the use of fossil fuel in transporting goods from one place to the other leads to inflation in general in these economies so africans have the right to really be concerned then back to your question south africa really carries the weight and looking at its apartheid past it means it understands how to move from a country that is all a, a people that is divided into a peaceful solution, as we saw in the early 1990s when uh, President Mandela was released and there was some peaceful resolution that led to what we have in South Africa currently. So South Africa carries the weight and not only South Africa, but every African country needs to be on board. After all, Israel has been courting the diplomatic support of African states over the decades and in recent times. Uh, we saw Israel trying to even become a member of the AU, just that many African countries rejected it based on this same Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So I think that South Africa could lead it, but then it's not only South Africa, all other countries in Africa should support such an idea for a peaceful resolution in the Middle East. But again, this week, to be specific, on Wednesday, there was a pro-Palestine demonstration in Johannesburg that included former cabinet ministers and even lawmakers taking part. This makes it complicated for South Africa to mediate, doesn't it? People have the right to express the, the way they stand. I mean, as long as it's not being violent or it's not violating someone's human rights and others, people have the right. In fact, in many ways, the ANC sees itself as uh, coming, being, or having been in the position of where Palestinians find themselves. However, uh, we, the world is not that black and white. You cannot just draw such uh, parallels. 
there are always differences because uh, the issue of um, settlements being built, the issue of rockets being fired to civilians in Israel and all that need to be tackled. In fact, on both sides, we need to call the spade a spade. There are extremists on the side of the Israelis and there are extremists like Hamas on the side of the Palestinians. We need more moderate people who will see that um, negotiations, in every negotiation, you must compromise. But people who are not willing to compromise are the people who do not want peace. And so whatever happens in Johannesburg is the expression of uh, people's rights that, well, we think that we stand here or we stand there. However, we all believe that we are looking for the root causes and how to solve the problem. And in doing so, no matter where you stand, you must support the idea of the two-state solution and Israelis having to live in peace in their homeland while the Palestinians also live in peace in their homeland without any um, 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 uh, atrocities and antagonism and things like that. In fact, the irony is that after decades of Arab-Israeli tensions, we found what we call the Abraham Accords, where Arab states are trying to warm up to Israel. Some of them exchange diplomatic missions and things like that. We find the UAE, we, we find uh, um, uh, Egypt, we find Morocco, and even Sudan, who are all African countries, trying to warm up. Just that this current configuration and escalation try to um, and make this effort complicated. And so far, Saudi Arabia has said that it is holding on to such time that very uh, substantive solution or, or step is taken towards uh, finding peace in the region before it continues with any rapprochement between itself and Israel. So I think that uh, th- that is where we stand. Many thanks to Fidel Amache also, a security and geopolitics advisor at Riley Risk Incorporation for that analysis on how the Israel-Hamas conflict has divided opinion in Africa. That's all we have for you. On behalf of my producer, Eddie Maker Jr., and the rest of the Africa Link team, we wish you a splendid weekend ahead. DW Made for Minds.